Welcome back to the Neighboring Podcast, where we attempt to ask our friends and guests, what does it mean to be a good neighbor? Uh, this week is going to be a special edition. It's really just going to be me uh, catching you up on a few things we have going on at NeighborLink, and to let you know, we'll be on a couple of week break. If you've understood or if you've been listening, I've got this kind of raspy voice thing, and I've been having this voice issue for for a couple of years now. And after trying to figure it out uh, on my own and with doctors, I kind of figured out that I have this growth on a vocal cord. And I'm going to have surgery next week, which is pretty routine, nothing to worry about. Um, But it's going to force me to not be able to talk for about a week. And so the recovery process is a bit long in terms of being quiet. So uh, we won't have a neighboring episode for the next couple of weeks. We'll be prepping for the uh, to come back later in June. But today, uh, I thought I would just touch base on a few topics. So you knew what was going on around NeighborLink uh, and at the podcast. At the podcast, we've recorded 27 episodes, which was phenomenal. We really started NeighborLink last year uh, as almost kind of a trial, like a, a campaign. We sat down with 13 individuals over the course of a couple of weeks and had these conversations. We talked to businesses, church leaders, neighbors in the community, and kind of took a campaign approach of saying, what what does it mean to be a good neighbor? What are we doing? What does that mean in a variety of contexts? Because we just don't believe that it means being a good neighbor with your neighbor to, your, to the left or to the right of your home. Wow, that's a big part of it. How we are seeing people be good neighbors in a variety of contexts, whether that's at the workplace, at the bike race, uh, at the, the baseball game, in the community, at an event. We think that being a good neighbor is a, is a part of one's lifestyle, and that can be played out in a lot of different ways. And so what started off as a multi-episode to try to figure out where we were going with this podcast has turned into uh, 27 episodes. And uh, we've been thrilled with this. This has been exciting. We've got to meet a lot of great people and are continuing to learn on, about it. And not only has it uh, become a podcast and a way that we can interact and, and ask a lot of questions, uh, it's really become somewhat of a research project. If you're aware, if you've been listening for a while, we did a five-part episode with five different neighborhoods that we are doing a comprehensive neighborhood research. And that really came out because of a variety of things. But one of it was this podcast is we're trying to answer these questions. We recognize it's there's so much that goes into being a good neighbor and making healthy neighborhoods. And I uh, wanted to give you a quick update on that research project. Yes, we have been interviewing those five neighborhoods. And if you go back in the archives or go back a few episodes, you'll see five episodes where we sat down and talked to each one of those neighborhoods. Well, part of that project, if you didn't didn't catch it in an earlier episode, was this mixture between uh, quantitative data and qualitative. And quantitative, we're looking at the socioeconomics of a neighborhood. So looking at educational attainment, what's the median income, house values, educational levels, uh, who are the owners and the renters. So looking at the socioeconomics of a geographic boundary in order to see what that tells us. Um, we do know that the education level, if you've done any research around community development, uh, people are so much more likely to earn uh, higher wages with, with a college degree. Pretty straightforward, but when you concentrate that type of number in a neighborhood or if you take a look at it, you can kind of see 
what the economics of a neighborhood are going to be. And so if that's important to you, if education is important to you or diversifying your neighborhood structure, you really need to look at some of the quantitative and socioeconomic data in order to understand like some big systemic kind of things that make up your neighborhood and figuring out how do you attract differences to change it. In addition to the quantitative data, we've been looking at qualitative saying, that socioeconomic data, that's all great and everything, but neighborhoods are made up of people. And just because somebody doesn't have a college education or didn't finish high school does not necessarily mean they're a bad neighbor, right? So we interact with with neighbors in all different types of neighborhoods, and we see a lot of the same characteristics in our in the most healthiest neighborhoods as we do in what you would say maybe the unhealthiest neighborhoods. And it's really hard to even say what's a healthy neighborhood versus an unhealthy. What are we measuring? If it's just house values, then that says one thing, but that doesn't really relate to the people that you interact and meet with and their ability to be a good neighbor. And we know that uh, the change that needs to take place in neighborhoods is so nuanced and it's so relational and it's hard work. You can be in a neighborhood and see such a drastic difference from one block to the next and be in the same neighborhood. So if you're a community developer or somebody that cares and you want to see investment happen in a neighborhood, you can recognize when you get at the micro level that trying to transform a neighborhood is really, really quite complicated and it can be very costly or expensive. And this research project has really been interesting. So on the qualitative data, we've been interviewing neighborhood associations and neighbors and really asking them, like taking a kind of an asset community development approach, asking them a lot of questions. What are their people assets? What are their um, building assets, for instance, or the resourced assets? And then what did they think? What Really, what would they say about their neighborhood? And what would they say is going well? What's going bad? What would they say that makes... A neighborhood healthy so we've been partnering with the, the community resource institute uh, on this research project uh, we are so grateful for the Follinger foundation the Follinger foundation awarded us what they call an inspire grant and that has given us funding for a two-phase research project over two years and we are just kind of wrapping up part one of phase one phase one will take place all of 2018 And part one is hiring CRI or Community Research Institute to work with us to pull the quantitative data and help us host a number of these qualitative workshops and then compile that data. So we expect kind of the end of the summer to have a complete report from those meetings and some recommendations or some some understanding of what what are some key characteristics or some key metrics on neighborhood health? Part two this year kind of really is is already begun. And part two is uh, we know that you're not going to get a full representation just by showing up to the neighborhood association. Sometimes you need to go out and get other data points. And so we have uh, kind of launched two different initiatives in each of these neighborhoods. One is... A homeowner incentive program essentially designed to help neighbors who have identified projects around their house but for whatever reason aren't moving on those. We've kind of created a, a matching grant incentive program. So if you know you need your house painted, you could apply for these funds and we would reimburse you up to $300 of your expenses if you start and complete that project within like two months. So it's kind of a way to get you to move on that project now rather than waiting. 
and NeighborLink re, um, uh, takes those reimbursement checks directly to those homeowners, and so we'll get some additional information from them. And then in addition to that, we have some new staff starting this summer that are, will be in volunteer mobilization, so we're really going to increase our volunteerism in these neighborhoods. Again, just as a way to, one, help some vulnerable neighbors in those neighborhoods, but also uh, to go straight to them and ask them some of the qualitative sessions. So part two of phase one is really just going and doing additional research that we've already been doing in order to either add to the report or modify the report. So we'll have uh, kind of part one, version one of the report late summer, and then a final report towards the end of the year. And we'll spend the kind of the second half of this year really August through the end of the year, looking at that data, having additional conversations, and working towards a phase two. Phase two will uh, we'll have a couple of things happening. We'll either continue to work with each of these five neighborhoods and help them kind of launch into a new initiative based on the information we found, or NeighborLink will pick a neighborhood and do an even deeper dive into that neighborhood. So expect a little bit more information. We're going to have uh, Rachel Blakeman, who is the director of the Community Research Institute, on the Neighboring Podcast, who's been working alongside us. And we're going to kind of download and talk about the, the research to date. And we may even come back with each one of those neighborhoods later this year to uh, talk to them about the process and what they're learning and or doing. We'd like to keep those relationships and make sure you have the opportunity to hear what's going on to them. So thank you to the Follinger Foundation for providing us a grant to help us with this research. And we're excited to see what this research does for NeighborLink in terms of our future. We have the opportunity to do some really unique things in neighborhoods and we're being invited in and we wanna make sure that we are responding to the, to the felt needs of those neighborhoods and bringing the right kind of resources alongside and we think that this uh, research project is going to help us do that. Wanted to kind of touch base on a few other updates that, that are happening around NeighborLink that you might be interested in. Uh, we were just awarded a multi-year $135,000 grant from the AWS Foundation. Uh, the AWS Foundation funds a lot of organizations and has a long history on uh, empowering and working and creating solutions for individuals with developmentally or lifelong disabilities. And we've been partnering with them for the last couple of years. We received a couple of small grants. And this year we wrote a single year grant again, and they came back to us and said, hey, we uh, appreciate NeighborLink and we want to offer you a multi-year grant, and which is incredible and humbling as we try to grow our organization, knowing we have partners like that that want to see us uh, succeed over the long term is really exciting. So thank you to the AWS Foundation. We'll continue to um, do what we're doing and uh, add some additional horsepower to our staff because of that grant. Also wanted to talk about uh, where we're at with projects. We are closing in on 600 completed projects just in Fort Wayne, which is way ahead of last year. Uh, that's phenomenal. We worked with 170 different groups of volunteers last year. Uh, we're on track to surpass that and the number of projects we completed all of last year. More than projects, we're uh, interacting with some really incredible homeowners, and they're so appreciative of all the volunteer efforts. So if you're looking for volunteer opportunities this summer, please reach out, whether you're a business, a church, a civic group, or really just looking for an opportunity uh, to help a neighbor with your family, mow grass or paint or just check in on someone. Our staff would love to help you. Uh, that leads me to this next thing I wanted to talk about is our Be a Good Neighbor Week. This will be our third annual Be a Good Neighbor Week. 
where we attempt to have like a day of caring all week long. NeighborLink is doing projects and it's designed to help you kind of find projects and do them whenever it's convenient for you. We know that that can be kind of a challenge to get started. So we're doing a Be a Good Neighbor week. Throughout that week, every day we will have different projects that will be available and accessible to to you as an individual or a group. We have a couple of roof projects, a couple of painting projects. We'll be painting fire hydrants. We'll be doing yard work. There will be opportunities to connect during the day and the morning and then a few nights during that week and even on the weekend. And so it's our way of our staff dedicating our time during the week to organizing projects to get to know you, to help you connect to a project and get exposed to NeighborLink and ways to be a good neighbor. Uh, Our goal is to do as many projects as we can. We hope to do 20 to 25 projects and see over 100 volunteers and do a wide variety of projects. So if that's of interest, you can check that out at NeighborLinkFortWayne.org and look in our calendar and there'll be information about the Be a Good Neighbor Week and we're happy to help plug you into that. In closing with this kind of episode of neighboring, we would love to hear from you about neighboring. Um, What are you liking? What do you wish we would dive more into? Do you like the format? Uh, This is a good opportunity. We're 27 episodes in. We feel like we're kind of finding a groove. And I'm sure you've noticed we've been trying some different formats and different things. And we've got a few episodes that are different planned um, that we hope to bring. But we'd love to know, like, are you watching the video or just listening to the audio? And most of all, we'd love to know what are some other ideas or things that you want to learn more about in terms of neighboring, the challenges of volunteering. Uh, Are there guests that you would love to hear their thoughts on on this topic? And or uh, if it's time to expand kind of the ideas of neighboring. So visit us at neighboringpodcast.com or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash neighborlink for Wayne. Leave a comment and let us know if there's something else that you would like to see or just give us a thumbs up, uh, rate the podcast, leave a comment uh, wherever you're listening to this uh, on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify. All of that helps us be found and helps us make sure that we're providing the content that you are interested in. It's a busy time at NeighborLink. We're excited. We're building and ramping up for the summer. We've got 535 projects waiting for assistance. Every one of them is an opportunity just to get to meet your neighbors, hear their story, and figure out how you can offer what you have to meet the needs that they have. And it's, yes, it's about meeting some tangible needs, but more than anything, it's about meeting your neighbors and finding ways um, to be a good neighbor and transform. Volunteerism is so much about your own journey and who you're trying to become. We've just found the volunteerism and service and using activity to help get aid in that process is just a valuable way to do that. So if you're on this journey of trying to be a better disciple, a better uh, Christ follower, or just a better human and a better neighbor, NeighborLink wants to help. We're all on that journey together. Um, We're not uh, trying to be experts, but we certainly have learned a few things over the last 15 years, and our staff is dedicated uh, to providing solutions in our community because we've been impacted and we've seen it, and uh, we've been impacted just as much as we feel like we've impacted anything else. Thank you. If you're active, chances are if you're listening to this podcast, you're active. Be encouraged in your work. Keep going after it. Um, Be obedient. 
and love well along the way. And uh, take some time. Find out. Think about what does it mean to be a good neighbor from your perspective. Uh, ask your friends, your coworkers, what they think it means to be a good neighbor. And then always respond to those things that you see that nobody else is taking responsibility for and see what might happen. Thank you for tuning into the Neighboring Podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. We are encouraged by you and are encouraging you to make our community a better place because we all need to be connected. We'll be back in a couple of weeks once I recover from this uh, voice surgery. Uh, we'll keep you posted. Until then, um, good luck being a good neighbor.